Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity with Susan Shereko, where we help you transform your life by changing what you're telling yourself. Whatever your circumstances, you can experience health, financial security, and a sense of well-being once again. And now, here's your host, Susan Shereko. On behalf of Rebuilding Your Life Radio and the Train Your Brain, Claim Your Power calls, I'm Susan Shereko. Welcome. Joining me today is Don Loftus. He's author of the book, Born to Preach. And Don has been preaching since he was 14 years old, at which point he was called to do so. Now, I'm going to give you a disclaimer on this call, as Don's interpretation of biblical prophecy and the way the church is structured do not always agree with every single church out there. So just in case you have some challenges to it, know that uh, we, we are aware. So so saying, please wave your hands to welcome Don Loftus. Hello, Don. Hello. How are you, Susan? I'm doing good, thank you. Hope you are, too. Yes, now, I'm Don, fine. Good. Mm-hmm. Don, are young ministers common in the church tradition in which you grew up? Uh, no, not very common. Most of the uh, young ministers when I came up, they was older. They were called young ministers, but they would be much older in age, you know, back mm-hmm. in their mm-hmm. 20s, mid, late 20s, 30s, mid 30s, you know, they would just be young in the ministry, you know. Correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what was the tradition in which you grew up? That's called, uh, when I was growing up, it was called the Holiness Church. Most people now know it as the Pentecostal Holiness Church. Gotcha. And now, you have, uh, as a as a minister and someone who's intimately involved with activities of the church for decades now, you're, you're not new to this. Um, mm-hmm. Over ta- time, you found certain aspects of the church troubling. In general, what was that about? Well, Christians always had, even from growing up in the church and listening to what was going on, always wondered, uh, like, why we had to go back to the eastern countries, you know, to spread the word of God when we had people here that needed to hear it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, I'm, I'm saying, like, if Jesus was born in the east and what we supposedly have started in the east and came west, you know, and was given to us from those in the East, how did it become so different that we turn around now and go back to the East to evangelize them, you know? Mm-hmm. That was one of the questions I had. Uh, another question, once I got out on the evangelistic field full-time, that a lot of stuff that I was taught growing up, it wasn't really that way, you know? Like I hear people, the baptism is fine, the baptism. You know, and there's some debate. Some people go down in Jesus' name only. Others go down, as my tradition was, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. You know, that Mm -hmm. wasn't much of a challenge because the way I interpret that, you can only do it in Jesus' name by doing it like he said, do it. (laughs) 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 That was my take on that because the only... Only place where Jesus told you what to say as you were baptizing, you mean in the act of doing it, was Matthew twenty eight nineteen. you know, in the name right. of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And the opposite argument about Jesus' name only was based on something in the book of Acts, you know, that 
engineers and like they went down in the water and baptized them in the name of the Lord Jesus. You know, and his name was not Lord Jesus. Lord is a title, you know, and Christ is a title. And so things like that and other things, uh, as I began to uh, notice things, you know, like people think that Jesus carried his own cross, okay? And on Easter's folk are enacting, uh, reenacting the crucifixion with Jesus carrying his own cross. And I'm reading Matthew and Mark and Luke, and they're saying they laid the cross on Simon, you know? <laughs> right, right. I remember that. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I'm saying they got it wrong, you know? And so, and then too, some other things that I had problems with was when they come to the the end time, you know, that that's the shocker after I've been in there a while. It would come into the end time and seeing things so different and changing because when Jesus talked to John on the Isle of Patmos, who was put out there to be killed by the wild beast, by the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when he was on the Isle of Patmos, you know, he was told things about the end time. Daniel had, had, had sort of given us a glimpse of the end time about the five last kingdoms on earth, you know, uh, starting with Babylon, you know, and Nebuchadnezzar. Right. Mm-hmm. The five last kingdoms on earth. Daniel gave us a glimpse into that. And he was told when he wanted to know more, he was told by Gabriel, the angel, I believe it was, said, no, that's all you're going to get. You know, it's sealed up until a later time, you know. Right. And John on Isle of Patmos, he was given more detail about the end time than Daniel was given. But it was the same nation or the same beast that Daniel saw that represented nations in the book of Daniel, you know. It was the same one that showed up in Revelation that, that represented that was represented in the book of Daniel as well, you know. Mm-hmm. And so once I look at that and see that, then I, I decided, wait a minute, something's not right, you know, because I'm reading, you know, like Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. That's all I've heard all, most of my life, you know. And I don't deny that I, Jesus is coming. But according to Daniel and Revelation, they forgot to tell us that the Father comes first, you know. He appears first as the stone cut out of the mountain in Daniel without hands, called the Ancient of Days, you know, mm-hmm. who puts down the earthly kingdoms and establishes his own kingdom, the everlasting kingdom. And then he said, Daniel says, the Son of Man appears in the clouds, and the Father presents the kingdom to him and to his saints, you know. And so I began to see things differently, you know, quite differently than the tradition, you know. And, and it's all very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very different. And then when you get into John, following the Holy Spirit, as I did, when you get into John, then you find that John wrote more in a code than Daniel did. You know, John mm-hmm. didn't always explain what his imagery meant like Daniel did. The angel explained Daniel's, you know, to him. It was pretty clear. But in Revelation, John wrote more in code. You know, well, where you have symbols the and signs, and yes, yes, I mean there are. Mm-hmm. Reading it is is a mystery, right? Because you don't mm-hmm. you don't know what we're you're seeing, 
in what he said. Right. Mm-hmm. And you have to you have to follow it. And if you follow it and, and compare it with Daniel closely and then allow, allow the Holy Ghost a chance in you, you know, he dwells in you, allow him a chance to talk to you, you know, and reveal it to you, then you can understand the mystery, you know. And well, the mystery of that, mm-hmm, go, go ahead. ahead. The mystery I'm, was that there's a, there's a, there, when they, he also says in Daniel, and again in Revelation, that they would be allowed to, the, the, the last kingdom before a God established his kingdom, which was the Holy Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. That was the last world power, you know, the one that would be in charge when the father returns, you know. The one that was not destroyed, it was weakened, but it was not destroyed, you know, was wounded, right. but not destroyed. And so when you look at that one and you begin to see that, then you begin to understand what's going on, that they made war. Daniel and Revelation tells us that this last kingdom made war against the saints and was allowed to overcome them until the father returns, you know. Okay, so what tells us that it's that we're in, that that this is the Holy Roman Empire? How do we come to that? Well, picture? when you okay, when you go back to Daniel, I believe second chapter then, and also again in the seventh, eighth chapter of Daniel, you see it again. He explained that the nations, that each beast, all the beasts that he saw. Represent just the nations in Daniel 2, but I believe in 7, Daniel chapter 7. Yep, they, then he saw another vision was given to him, and he saw all these different beasts, and each beast represented a nation. You know, when the interpretation was given to Daniel, the nation started with Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon, and then it was the Medes and the Persians, which historically we know occurred, you know. Historically, and then from the Medes and Persians were the Greeks, you know, Alexander the Great and the Greeks. All right, and then the four, uh, was, was Alexander's king was divided into four, that's in Daniel also. And then it brings us to Rome as the last one, you know. Does that make sense? Are you still there? Sorry, in my mind, I'm looking at the, the, the being, I guess it's like a, a statue with the head being the, you know, the beginning and the feet of clay down below. Mm, yes. Mm, that's right. in Daniel that, 2. Right. That's and in that's the, chapter of Daniel. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what sets out those seven kingdoms mm-hmm. symbolically in terms of what, you know, what we're seeing. But what does mm-hmm. that mean? I mean, it's, if the Holy Roman, Holy Roman Empire, is mm-hmm. the last kingdom. Um, right. wh- mm-hmm. How does that relate to Christianity? What does it What does it mean? Well, how it relates to Christianity, it goes back to what I what I teach, what I believe, based on scripture and history, that Jesus did not start Christianity. That's a biggie. Mm-hmm. That that's one big one big disagreement I have with the with the traditional you know traditional mm-hmm. theology is that Jesus did not start Christianity, you know, but that was started with Constantine the Great and his, his, uh, 
what what did he call it? The toleration of all religions. Mm-hmm. You know, and this toleration of religions actually turned into uh, all religions being persecuted except the one that he favored. You know, oh, that was the beginning. Okay. That was the beginning of Christianity. You know, uh, and we forget. Now, you, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to mm-hmm. say, just do you have biblical passages, or can you follow this? Uh, within, you know, when, in the Bible, the, the opinion that the, 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 you know, Christianity is not, um, was not what Jesus came to start, or that, right. uh, or that. Well, the scripture that Jesus said himself, think not that I'm come to destroy the law nor the prophets. Okay? Mm-hmm. Whatever ancient Israel said in the law of the prophets, Jesus is saying, don't think that I came to destroy that. In other words, I didn't come to destroy the law and the prophets. I came to fulfill them. Right. So I see that as a continuation and not a stop and a start something new. He fulfilled what the ancient prophets of Israel had prophesied that was supposed to happen when the Messiah arrived. Are you follow? I am following it. I am wondering mm-hmm. if um, when we when we start to get further down, um, we have the the Catholic Church is formed, mm-hmm. and we are now. Um, this is different than what you're describing. The, oh, what's different? The the Catholic Church, the the sense of having a pope and having a well, hierarchy. Okay, you have to go further. You have to go. You have to go further because we haven't gone further far enough. Mm-hmm. Okay, when it started, it was the Roman Empire, Constantine the Great. Okay. Yes. And you have to remember, we have the we have the Dark Ages, about what three hundred years, where the claim is that we don't know we don't know anything much about what happened during that period of time. Right. Okay. So I see that as a changeover period. Okay. When they saw the saints, that they was persecuting the saints, the old Roman Empire, or it was a little different from the from the uh Holy Roman Empire that would come later. Okay? Mm-hmm. After the three hundred years of darkness, one of the first things we see when they come out of that darkness one thing you see when they come out of the darkness is the Pope is now crowning Charlemagne, the first emperor of the new Holy Roman Empire. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you follow? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the Pope is firmly in charge. And if you go back, Constantine the Great, he, he appointed himself in the old Roman Empire, he appointed himself first Bishop of Rome. And down through that tradition, uh, the, the, when once once the empire split into the east and western empires, then you have the the leader of the east that was in Byzantine, what we call Constantinople today. He told all the subjects that whatever the the bishop of Rome said, that was the truth. You know, that was infallible truth that they're supposed to follow what the bishop of Rome said. 
you know. So if the emperor has made himself the bishop of Rome, you know, then it follows that this is why that they made the bishop of Rome, you know, supreme to everything else, every other doctrine, you know. Whatever Rome said, you know, obey what they say. Even though you now have a east and a west. And at that time, there was only one Christian church. huh? Why do you think this happened? Oh, what happened? Identify. That, they, that why they split the church that way. Well, the church was split because there was disagreement within the church. And then number two, you also had uh, Theodosius, the first. He had two sons. He was down the line from Constantine the Great. And he was the one that that made it official, made Christianity official religion of the Holy Roman Empire. Okay, so he gave, he wanted, wanted both his sons to have authority, so he split the empire into two. Okay, one in the, in the east in Byzantine, and other in the western Rome. That's why we have the two. If now, this is one, not scriptural, correct? What's that? The the split. This is all happening within our earth. Historical mm-hmm. right. Historical mm-hmm. and scriptural. If you if you go to Revelation, uh let's see a Revelation, I believe, chapter thirteen, I believe. If you go to the book of Revelation in chapter thirteen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll see what's given here. If you see Revelation chapter 13, I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. Okay, that's the same one that Daniel saw. Remember that. Mm-hmm. And upon his horns, ten crowns, and upon his heads, the name of blasphemy. Okay? Mm-hmm. And he saw one of his heads that was wounded to death. And the deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. Okay? So, historically, what I'm doing, I'm tying scripture and history together. Historically, mm-hmm. if you see, well, when was the, when was the Roman Empire, Holy Roman Empire wounded? Well, when they were fighting for world supremacy with Carthage. Okay? When they were defeated by Hannibal right up to the gates of Rome. And he didn't occupy because his Carthage wouldn't send him reinforcement, so he had to go back home. And Rome defeated him because it's strange because historically that was a love triangle. <laughs> right, right. It does sound like Hannibal's a- right, Hannibal's uh cavalry leader who was from Sudan, he was an Median. Okay. And he got back to Carthage, and the young lady that had been promised him in marriage had been given to another rich businessman. So he went back across and told Scipio Sr., who was now in charge of the Roman army, his father had been killed in the battle with the Hannibal, Scipio Sr. So he told Scipio Jr., if you go across now and attack him, you know, before he get his elephants trained, because he had to retrain more elephants. He lost most elephants crossing apps first time. Mm-hmm. And so he said, you can defeat him if you get him before you get his elephants trained, you know. 
So that's what Scipio Jr. did, and that's how Rome became the world power. You know, when Omen mm-hmm. defeated Hannibal, you know, in Carthage, and Hannibal tried to use elephants who had not been completely trained, and the elephants stampeded into his own army, you know. And so then Rome takes its place as the world power. And so that's why I see them as the, as the second beast here. Okay. Uh, this, this mm-hmm. beast with the 10, with the 10, 10, with the seven heads and mm-hmm. 10 horns and later on in here, uh, John tells us what the head mean. The angel here will tell John what the seven heads were. There were seven mountains and the lady was a city on which the city sat that ruled over the kings of the earth. That's how I identify Rome. There's not another major city that I can find in the world that sits straddle seven mountains except Rome. So does this set the the clock of revelations back to to start with Rome? Uh Revelation? Revelation doesn't start with Rome, but it, the end time is, is more or less about Rome, the end time here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. About, about Rome being the one that would, that, that would be over the kings of the earth, you know. And he also called Rome in, in Revelation, he called Rome the beast that was and is not and yet is, you know. Mm-hmm. Meaning it was, it was, it was there. Then it disappears, but it's yet there, even though you don't see it. No historian can put a finger on the fall of Rome when Rome fell. They say 476 A.D. or A.D. 476, but there's no proof that Rome fell. That was just a year when the German general beat out the Roman generals and proclaimed himself emperor of Rome. Oh. But Rome, But Rome never fell, you know. The German was fighting in the Roman Empire for Rome, you know. And the generals would come and have a fight, and whichever one won, he would march into Rome and proclaim himself emperor. So when Odiasa, the, the German general who had come up through the ranks in the Roman army, when he won, you know, that's why historian decided to say, well, 476, we can't see where it fell. So we'll just say when it, when the first non-Roman <laughs> became okay, emperor of Rome, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. so that's why they get that's where they get the date from. But in fact, Rome never fell. You know, in keeping what John said, it was wounded by Hannibal. Okay, mm-hmm. but the wound was healed because Hannibal folks didn't send the reinforcements. Okay, and the beast that was, he was, he's real. You know. Mm-hmm. He's not, meaning he disappears, okay, and yet is. If you factor in the so-called dark ages, that's probably when the the changeover occurred, the morph, you know, occurred into mm-hmm. the into the uh, holy from the Holy Roman Empire into the Catholic Church. See, because if you also if you continue reading. In Revelation chapter 13, okay? Mm-hmm. And you'll see there's a, there is a, you know, another beast here. You know, they worship the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And we all know the dragon is the devil, you know, that's mm-hmm. Satan, all right? 
And the dragon, the locus of control for this beast is the dragon. And you have to remember, you have to go to history because the Bible is also a book of history, you know. Yes. And so you have to you have to find these prophecies in the history, you know, as it occurred. So when you look at that, then you see the, the beast here, you know, uh, they're saying who is like the beast, who is able to make war with him. Well, nobody could make war with Rome, okay, at that time. It was too powerful after Hannibal was defeated, okay? And he was speaking blasphemies against the Lord, he opened his mouth, and then it says he was given to given unto him to make war with the saints and overcome them in verse seven, chapter thirteen. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. Okay. Now Don. Don, mm-hmm. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Does this vary from what we are taught in our more traditional churches? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, very and much. And is so. that where you have a there where there is a, a I want to say a conflict between what your interpretation is and and the rest of Christianity? Yes. Okay. What Very does that mean so. for you? What, how does that affect you? Well, that doesn't really affect me because I've been walking with the Lord for so long till my job is trying to enlighten other people that might not see that, you know. Because if we continue, you say, may walk the same, give them power to overcome them, okay? And mm-hmm. he that leadeth into captivity down, you know, verse 10, you know, he that leadeth into captivity, you know, he that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. And say, so he that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. And say, so here's the patience and the faith of the saints, you know. And then you have this next beast coming up. So what we have here, we're tied in with the 666 that, that John also talked about, okay? You see the first beast, the whole Roman Empire, the second beast right. that I'm going to read about here. I mean, in verse 11, I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb. We know in prophets that Jesus always styled his children as lamb, those that mm-hmm. worship and follow him. Okay? So he has two horns like a lamb. So that gets both the east and the west. Okay? Both the east and the west. And but the horns signify that you have two seats of power here because horns represent authority. Okay? He's looking like a lamb. Horns like a lamb. He's looking like a lamb. And that's, I interpret that as being he's looking like the church. But the rest of that verse points out that he's not the church. Looks like the church. When he opens his mouth, he spake as a dragon. And we know who the dragon is. And he exercised all the power of the first beast before him. You see what I'm saying? Now, I do and hear so, what you're saying. Now, I'm, now when where, Jesus, where it, gets, it gets confusing here for, for someone mm-hmm. like me. Because right. the, the end times that we talk about, mm-hmm. uh, many traditions do not believe the end times have begun. You know, that they're right. not, you know, that we're nowhere in that yet. That I'm all well this aware symbolism, of that. All this symbolism is mm-hmm. related to something that's going to happen in the future and that we will see it play I'm, out in front of I'm us. I'm well 
I'm well aware of that. Yeah. He also said he also said that beasts would think to change laws and times. Okay. Mm-hmm. How does he change laws and times? He imposes his cultural will upon all people all over the earth. Okay? How does he change time? He points you out into the future about something that has occurred and is yet occurring now. But you don't see it because you're following his theology. You're looking for it to come. But it's already transpiring. Yes. Yes. How far how far do you think we have come? Well, you know, we're in the last days. That's why it's important for this to be taught now, because if people that follow the old tradition don't turn around somewhere and change, because if God is saying, if you see the mark of the beast or worship his image or his name, see the mark in right hand and forehead, he's going mm-hmm. to cast you into the lake of fire, which is after the final judgment, right? Right. If that being true, then we need to know what that's about, don't we? Mm-hmm. Right. So now people need to know because if, if, if this is true, then the, only, the, the devil is leading them down the wrong road to destruction. He don't have to kill us now like he did the early church when he made war against the saints, cutting heads off, riding on horse, throwing them to the lions, you know, throwing them in the hippodrome to fight when they wouldn't fight, you know. And so he don't have to do that because he has your mind. That's what he says back there, you know. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He have you in captivity, your mind. Not your body this time, but your mind mm-hmm. is in captivity. If your mind is in captivity, all you know to do or say is what's in your mind. All you know to act out is what's in your mind. So if your mind is in captivity and you don't change that mindset, you're set up to be destroyed. And that's, that's Satan's whole plan. He wants to destroy the souls of men to get back at the Father. And so the mark he, of the beast, if people are not aware of it, if they're looking for it far out in the future, it's right. going to come earlier than they realize. Yeah, it's already in play. Well, they're looking at the mark of the beast, and I've read books, some books. Some claim it's going to be a computer chip on your skin. Okay, mm-hmm. some claim it's going to be a six 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 on your forehead or in your in your right hand, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe that at all, you know. I don't believe what that do you at believe? all. Well, what we just read, you see, it, you see, Satan is the locus of control here. You see the first beast, and you see the second beast with the two arms like a lamb, sitting there mm-hmm. looking like the church, if you will. He's looking like the church, but it's really the dragon. You follow me? I so do. the overcoming of the overcoming of the saints, which you just read, created a vacuum into which the false church occupied. Okay, and by using all the place names and everything connected with Christ, okay, they have gotten so close, like somebody under your elbow, you know, if you're really enemy, but you don't see them because they're too close, you know. And so, so what, since this is happening already, and most people aren't looking for it at this point because mm-hmm. they're looking for other signs and other indicators, um, mm-hmm. what, what is, 
uplifting in the gospel to help overcome or counter what we're seeing that is actually the work of the devil. Faith. He just we just read it. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. You see, mm-hmm. the faith after exercise patience and faith to hold on. Remember, Jesus said, "He that endure to the end, the same shall be saved." In other words, Jesus said it was going to get so bad till if he didn't shorten the time, no flesh would be saved. You know, but he said, "For their let's sake, he had already shortened the time." You know. So and so it's do, going to get worse, but the same thing to hold out to the end. Mm-hmm. What do what what do you have to do to ensure that you're following Jesus' words? Receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost in its fullness. Okay, it goes beyond just saying, "I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and I believe that God raised Him from the dead." You know, a lot of people go to Romans ten; they stop there. If you believe that you're saved, you know. But he also said you shall be saved. He didn't say you were saved. <laughs> because mm-hmm. on the other hand, Jesus is saying, after you get there, what did he tell his apostles, those that he trained? He didn't even let them go when he got ready to go back to heaven to the Father. He told them, you go to Jerusalem and stay there until you receive the power from on high, until you receive the power of the Holy Ghost. And then he said, and after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, then you shall receive power and be witnesses unto me. Now, witnessing don't mean talking. Witnessing means the life that you live. The Holy Ghost enables you and empowers you to live like God wants you to live right here in this present world. You see, they have to stay there. And if you follow the Holy Ghost, which Jesus said when he, the spirit of truth in St. John, he said when he, the spirit of truth has come, spirit of truth is just another name for the Holy Ghost. He will guide you into all truth, you know. Mm-hmm. And he said again in chapter 8, St. John, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You and follow? The truth we, yes, and the truth we are getting through the work of the Holy, Holy Spirit and the Holy yes. Ghost. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what I'm saying. And most people, they stop at conversion and never receive the Holy Ghost. Mm. You know, if you're going to do mm-hmm. us like you did the thief, you're going to take us as soon as we acknowledge him, like you did the thief on the cross, we need the Holy Ghost. But he leaves us here to be the salt of the earth. Since he's gone, we have to be the light of the world. We have to be the salt of the earth by the life that we live. And that is the key. Okay. Yes, that's the key. Don, Mm -hmm. I have to tell you that after we spoke the first time, I -hmm. consulted a concordance because this was very um, different from the interpretations Mm -hmm. I read elsewhere, and I've read several Mm -hmm. times. And I did a Google search just to see if Mm -hmm. there are any references to your perspectives. And lo and behold, Mm -hmm. The question mm-hmm. of the devil and the holy and the Holy Roman Empire and the, mm-hmm. um, the those those issues that we've just been discussing 
There are conversa- conversations on this topic. So you're Good. not the only person holding these views. <laughs> and that's that reassuring. Makes you feel Yep. <laughs> when you figure that you've been putting a lot of work into communicating this, right, um, right, uh-huh. you know, to make sure that people have the the awareness they need, um, right. Mm-hmm. It, so it was very it was very interesting to see that. I I always feel reassured mm-hmm. that we're not coming off on some crazy tangent. But right. is this what mm-hmm. the book is about, Don? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. it's about also also the first part is about my experiences in the ministry and coming into the ministry, my early childhood about uh, things that happened to me as a minister by people who say they're in the church, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and who don't act like they're in the church, you know, that kind of thing. And so right. going against that and, and looking at not allowing my soul to be, you know, on the auction block, you know, and right. you have no choice, but if you want to stay straight, you have to go against the grain. You know, you have to mm-hmm. swim against the current. In order to make it in, you got to swim against the current. Because anybody can jump in the river and turn on the back and float and go where the current goes. You know, don't take right. much effort to do that. But sometimes you got to get in the river to go where you want to go. You got to swim against the current, you know. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Don? Mm-hmm. Where is where is your book available? Uh, I'm hoping soon. They told me it would be out around the end of March, but they had notified me. Yeah, I'm waiting to hear from my publisher. Ah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It should be out soon, you know. And then, uh, and and then then where will it be available? Things like Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million. Uh, it'll also be available in ebook, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And that's what, and, we, you know. And I'm and now, putting it on Facebook, you know, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. people will know about it, you know. Surely. And this is, mm-hmm. and, and are you doing a, a complete campaign to let people be aware of it, or is it mostly word of mouth? What's your plan? Uh, I have a marketing agency that's helping me as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm putting it out where it can be seen by uh, the international uh, uh, critics, you know. Mm-hmm. I've been having it in the, in the, in the international uh, book contest, you know, mm-hmm. the world book contest by the international critics. Uh, it's already entered into that. And so they're supposed to make a decision by when sometime, I believe it said September, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I should and get I- some... Uh, Mm-hmm. Some feedback from them and some reviews yes. or other responses. Right. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be active in social media? I hope so. You know, I hope so. And by word of mouth as I travel, you know. You do a lot of uh, travel? I want to get back into it. I haven't done a lot in the last few years. But I want to get back into that and do evangelism and introduce it as I'm traveling, as I go, you know. Mm-hmm. As well, mm-hmm. you know, because people, well, the spirit already told me prepare for war. So I don't expect everybody to accept it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he told me when he told me, he said, I revealed this to you. He said, I revealed this to you. And I remember when he when he told me to do it, because uh, 
I had saw the, had some inkling, but before, but he hadn't given me the scriptures to back it up, you know. Right. And he said, I want you, I was driving a special needs bus, you know, I'm an educator, I'm retired, you know, and I was just mm-hmm. driving a little special needs school bus for something to do. He said, why are you waiting for the kids? Do a comparative study in Daniel and Revelation, you know. I've been seeing these scriptures all my life, mm-hmm. you know, but I didn't know they were, you know. <laughs> I had never seen it like that. He started to reveal them to me. Then he said, after he got to reveal them, he's still revealing other stuff, you know. He said, okay, he said, now that I reveal this to you, now you got to preach it. <laughs> but prepare right, for war. Point, you know? yeah. Right. Which is to prepare for war, you know. And so what I'm finding is a lot of people are ready for it. A they lot are of people ready? Are re- a lot of people are ready for it. As yes. you know, you're at a point now where most people don't go to church anymore. <laughs> right, right. You're right. For whatever I mean, reason, they've seen so much, they've seen so much sin from people that say they're in the church. They don't go anymore. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And well, I'll so, tell you, we, we, supposedly mm-hmm. we don't know the time and place right. where all of this will take place. Yet right. I see other people who are writing that are far closer than mm-hmm. anyone might imagine. You know, that right. within right. that that we are well into the tribulation at this point. Right. By some now other one, standards. Right. Now one script I can give you, I mm-hmm. believe it's in Thessalonians, if I'm not mistaken. Thessalonians. Uh second Thessalonians, second chapter. I believe it's where the one about the man of sin, when Paul was talking about the man of sin would be revealed, he would be mm-hmm. in the temple of God, showing himself off as if he is God. And, mm-hmm. and we're looking at that right now. We're looking at that right now. You know, if you look at the Catholic Church, they call the regular priest father, right? Yes. And Jesus says, call no man on earth your father, because your father's in heaven, right? And But when they get to the Pope, they don't just say father. They place a definite article in front of it and say, the Holy Father. So uh-huh. that's the way yeah. Jesus, and that's the way Jesus addressed the Father in St. John chapter 17 when he was praying for us. <laughs> that's so exactly the way Jesus addressed the Father. Yeah. Holy Father, you know. And that's and what the program Father. people mm-hmm. calling him. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the the is not a Holy Father, which you have more than one. The Holy Father. That's the name for God. And we're seeing it playing out, but as long as we follow their theology, you know, we can't see it. And most of Christianity came directly out of the Catholic Church. Sure. You know, and the kings didn't change anything except the name because they didn't want to be under the Catholic Church anymore. The different kings wanted to be over their own church. They don't mm-hmm. want to be under the Pope, you know. And so, so they, they left didn't all change. the theology there. Mm-hmm. Yes, they left all the theology there, you know. And that's why people are going down the wrong road, you know. Well, it certainly makes for an interesting conversation, mm-hmm. Don. I can see mm-hmm. you having a lot of, lot of good arguments mm-hmm. as you preach this across the country and throughout your travels. Uh, mm-hmm. It will be an interesting discussion to see if anyone is listening. To what you're right. saying, right, yeah. right, mm-hmm. and that isn't your concern, is it? No, it's not. No. As long as I no. feel that I'm pleasing the Father, I'm mm-hmm. pleasing you know Him through His Son Jesus in the Holy Ghost. As long as I feel like I'm doing that 
It doesn't bother me. I don't see it as being hard to serve God. It just mm-hmm. takes a made-up mind. <laughs> right. Your mind right. just has to be made up because he's always there with you. You know, and after you go through so much, you know, right. the rocks and things, you don't even feel it most of the time, you know. Yeah. You just because have to make your commitment so and live that way. So Exactly. That's exactly yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Well, thank mm-hmm. you so much for sharing mm-hmm. uh, Born to Preach with us, Don. Thank you let's, for the interview. Let's, mm-hmm. let's remind our listeners that we've been speaking with Don Loftus, who's author of the book Born to Preach, which will soon be available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books a Million. And you, it's an interesting read because it is different than what you're used to hearing and good food for thought to challenge what we accept as the norm. So thank you again, Don. Thank you, Susan. God bless you. God bless you as well. That does it for us today, folks. Bye for now and have a great day. Thank you very much for tuning in today. If you've been inspired by this show, leave a rating or review on iTunes and visit www.rainbowsoverruins.com to receive a free chapter from Susan's book. On behalf of Susan Shereko, this has been Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity, sharing the journeys of those affected by sudden and great loss and what they did to heal, rebuild, and where they are now.